from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Where do you want to start, Joe? Do you want to start with the basketball portion of this, or do you want to get into the family drama portion of this? As I like to tell you, don't bury the lead. <laughs> All right, let's talk about family drama. Let's to, to, to understand what happened last night, you actually have to go back to last year when North Carolina, February 16th, 2022, Pitt goes to UNC, they win, and Jason Capel, assistant coach under his brother Jeff Capel at Pitt, said some things about toughness related to the Tar Heels. Dot, who's their in-arena host, tweeted it out, like saying, yeah, they're pretty. Like, they, they don't play tough, and we showed that. Ironically enough, you can pinpoint that game as a turnaround point for the Tar Heels. Maybe what happened last night is a turnaround point for the Tar Heels. But clearly, folks have had some issues with Jason Capel, not just from what he said this time last year. It goes all the way back to his time as a player at North Carolina. A lot of people still haven't forgotten what happened in the 8-20 season. A lot of folks haven't forgotten his general attitude as a player at that time. They blame him for a lot of things behind the scene. Just Google Jason Capel and Joe Forte, and you'll see all sorts of think pieces from 2000-2001 time frame, okay? So it's not like Jason Capel is a favored son in the Carolina family. Combine that with some things said, you kind of get the gist of this. So last night after they win, Jason Capel was feeling it, man. He felt like he was being disrespected, down to some sort of social media post. And Jeff Capel, when he was asked about his brother just kind of beating his chest and enjoying the win, here's what he had to say. It's it's a complicated relationship with him in North Carolina. He loves it. But I think at times he doesn't feel that back. And I don't know, you know, it started, to be honest with you, in 2009. We played North Carolina when I was in Oklahoma to go to the Final Four. And my brother was there with my whole family supporting me. He had an OU shirt on. And the Carolina fans were pretty towards him. Excuse my language, but pretty, pretty nasty. And it took one of the former players to say something. And, you know, for me, it's just really interesting, man, because, again, I grew up in this state. And this is one of the most tradition-laden programs in the history of college athletics not just college basketball, and you hear about the Carolina family. And it's just amazing to me that their social media people would do that. I don't think it's Hubert. Hubert's awesome. I mean, he really is. I don't think it's the players on the team. They are incredibly respectful and really good young guys. Obviously, the game was emotional, <laughs> and that's the way it's supposed to be as you get into February. So that's Jeff Capel, head coach at Pitt talking about the understandably complicated relationship that his brother Jason Capel has with UNC. He brings up to a 2009 incident, but again, as I stated earlier, Joe, this goes all the way back to when he was a player at UNC and how people view that time. Listen, uh, Jason Capel has a lot of attitude. Mm -hmm. He did as a player. He does now as an assistant coach. He did when he was at App State as a head coach there. That's who he is. That's his personality. And it's it is amazing to me, and you got to be careful. I've learned, you know, during the football season, and I've learned even recently with with North Carolina fans, you can be you can you can overgeneralize, right? 
But it is about how you are treated by the people around you. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the building last night, if you're in the Smith Center and you feel like you've earned some sort of credit. Yeah. And and let's be fair to Jason Cable for all of his personality flaws. He was on a team that was an eight seed in 2000 that made the final four. And he averaged 12 points a game on that team. I do think, again, now at the risk of overgeneralizing all of this. I do think there are a there's a portion of the fan base that blames Jason Capel for the O2 season. Mm-hmm. And if you're not familiar with the O2 season, Carolina went 8 and 20, okay? When I tell you that North Carolina is the most spoiled fan base on the planet, <laughs> okay? They they're up there. Yeah, they are. They're up I, there. I don't disagree with you. Now, part of that and we and I learned this last year is their own standard. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe me, go back and look through all of your favorite people on Twitter who follow Carolina. I'm not saying that condescendingly. I'm saying legitimately go back and look. There were tweets about pitchforks being descending upon the Smith Center for Hubert Davis after they had lost to Tennessee, Mm -hmm. after they had lost to Kentucky. People were losing their minds last year because of their own standard. And a part of that standard is a consistent excellence. And the one part that lacked that consistent excellence was the 02 season. Mm-hmm. So to go 8 and 20, to have like every streak other than the Clemson, Clemson one, yeah. home winning streak end. <laughs> yeah. And he for for him to be as bombastic and kind of out there as he was mm-hmm. and also let's not forget his dad Jeff senior was a head coach and even at that time his older Jeff, the brother, had been at Duke and, and you know, was, again, on a team that played for the national championship, but he was also on a team that, without Mike Krzyzewski, had kind of bottomed out. Yeah. When Jason was coming through, Jason Capel and Damian Wilkins were considered, like, program savers. Yeah. And, and unfortunately for Jason, his career didn't work out that way. Damian Wilkins ended up at NC State at the same time. I actually think they played at the same high school. Mm-hmm. So... We can get lost in what we think a player is supposed to be, and then we can really misremember what they were because he was a valuable part. If you were, and we've talked about this often, that OO team gets forgotten forever. All the time. If they had done that at any other school. Legends. Legends. (laughs) You're eight seeds with two football players playing Mm part-time. You knock off a one seed to get to the Final Four. And with with a coach now making his second Final Four in three years. They get honored and, at halftime. And everybody wanted to get rid of that coach. So there's a lot of angst that the fan base has towards that era, towards that team, towards Jason Capel. And Matt Doherty, by the way, which they seem to have, through coaches, have kind of at least... That's and, softened a bit. That's what I'm getting Matt at Doherty here. Matt Doherty has softened a bit, too. That's he has the key. made his efforts. That's but, the key. But never forget, like... We keep wanting to hold the past sins against people like Jason Cable, you know, the, the picture of Creighton Labo with his tongue out. Allegedly, that was, you know, what had kind of triggered Jason. And I don't think the person who tweeted the picture of Creighton from the official yeah, Carolina we... account was actually trolling Jason Cable. We okay. should probably start there. Okay, so let's I'm glad or, you brought or at the, least let's, acknowledge let's, that. let's acknowledge and give context to what you're referencing there. So, because Jeff Capel brought it up, and when I heard the quote that there was something about UNC's social media, I thought to myself, UNC's basketball social media is not one to get trolly. No. Okay, I, I there are basketball program accounts that get trolly. They're not one of them. They they usually keep it pretty straight laced, right? It's like, well, what was it? And I had to scroll, and I scrolled. I didn't see anything. 
And then somebody pointed out to me, hey, is it because Lebo's kid is wearing 25 and he's got his tongue sticking out? I thought, well, that's kind of weird. It's not often that you see a walk-on being featured on a game day tweet on the graphic. That's kind of weird. Now, maybe they were like kind of poking fun at Jason Capel. But again, you know me. I'm chronically online. So I was like, well, wait a second. Let me keep scrolling. Let me let me see how Carolina's account handles these game day tweets. And you go back to the Boston College game. I forgot the kids off the top the kid's name off the top it was of my head. a different head. walk-on. Number 30 is a senior walk-on for the Boston College game. He was featured. I'm like, ah, this is just something that UNC does. And then it also gets to who's handling these tweets? Who's putting the graphics together? Who's putting that out? And this is where you and I have this realization, and I think a lot of other people have to have this realization. Most people don't know what Jason Capel's number was. It was 21 years ago. No, a lot of people do not remember what happened 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But I can so it's see not a knock on Jay, I But can, I can see where he thinks Exactly. That. And I can see, Jason, you put it all together. Hey, man, these yeah. people still blame me for 02. Hey, I remember 09 just supporting my brother. And they got re- mad. Because remember... <laughs> They got better. Well, Roy Williams. I was gonna say, remember when? Sticker. Remember when Roy Williams the previous year showed up with a Kansas sticker? They wanted him out. So, like if you love Kansas again, so much, go back. But again, this gets to my larger point yeah. that there is a portion of the Carolina fan base that the greed is insatiable. Mm-hmm. They just want everything, and to me, there are pockets of it. And when it happens, mm-hmm. and when it's illustrated like it was last night. I could definitely understand where Jason Cable's coming from. I understand where Jason Cable's coming from, but I will say two things about this. It does take two parties to mend fences, all right? Mm-hmm. And I was not there last night, and I'm kicking myself for not dealing with traffic to get out to a 7 o'clock game yesterday because I missed the fireworks, right down to apparently Jason Cable and Steve Kirshner. You want to talk about a Kirsch nugget? there's a hell of a Kirsch nugget for you. Apparently they got into it when they were leaving the court, right? So I'll say two things about this. Because I brought up Matt Doherty, and it looks and appears that Matt Doherty has, A, mellowed out, B, is at least there's some sort of like understanding now between the two parties, even if that was a very raw time for Matt Doherty and his part of UNC. Of course, without Matt Doherty, Roy doesn't come back. You know, we covered this in the Roy Williams we podcast. All have our roles. We all got roles, man. Seriously, we all have roles. Yeah. And I think Matt, Matt Doherty kind of understands that now and a lot of growth and maturity. Jason might not, but that might be how Jason's wired. And. He's looking for the slights. because it's also I, fresh because he's still competing against them. He is. And now it's not just he's the former player. It's he's with his brother, yeah. the former Duke player. Which is Pitt, Carolina, the new Duke, Maryland? Not a bad comparison. I mean, hey, when a, when a, school, when a school's got those dynamics, former Duke player, you got a former, your own player, who's his brother, who you got some beef with and everything else. And these games have been tough. They've been some fights, man, rock fights, which is why I think Pitts ultimately won these three trips to Chapel Hill the last three years and why the attitude is what it is. But going forward, I hope people understand you can get caught up in the PR elements of the family, the UNC family or at Duke, the brotherhood, the brotherhood, the brotherhood. Every family has fights. Every family has parties in which you have some understandings and you have truces and you power through it. Or you have other family members that you just don't mess with anymore, man. Every family's got it. And I think that you have to be honest with yourself about those types of things. And I think that was on display last night. I feel for Jason Capel, man, because that, to your point about what the standard is and how you get viewed as the one who didn't meet it, and you get reminded of it all the time, and people say some nasty things to you. Well, his, mom, his mom was there last night, too, at the game. I think he, he was feeling that a little bit, That's too. a lot to handle. That's a lot to handle. Yeah. And people that were there were saying when they recognized him, people did cheer. But that's minuscule in comparison to 
what you perceive. Yeah. If anything, you should actually give Jason Capel some credit. He channeled the greatest Tar Heel of all time last night. He looked for the slights. That's when he took it personal. He lo- he saw that tweet, and like the Michael Jordan gif we see all the time, he looks at the little the iPad, he goes, oh, okay, I see. Does a little shimmy? I'll show you. And he showed him last night, which we'll get to the game, because I think last night once again shows you North Carolina's biggest problem. We'll explain next. You can also check us out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't think that we were going to fill the entire segment uh, talking about Jason Capel and the fireworks that happened last night at the Smith Center. But then I forgot how much context is necessary to understand the layers of the UNC family, those dynamics with Jason Capel and why last night kind of happened. But there was another thing that happened, mainly pit one at the Smith Center. Again, last time this happened was in February last year. We know the rest. They got challenged in terms of their toughness, their grit. Carolina responded by reeling off a bunch of wins, beating Duke at Cameron Indoor Stadium, and then beating Duke again in the Final Four. So is it going to happen again? Well, is 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 Brady Manick walking through that door? Because I think the biggest problem facing the Tar Heels right now is the same thing that's bothering Duke as we get ready for their matchup on Saturday, Joe. They don't have enough consistent perimeter shooting, and Pitt did a really, really good job making life difficult for Armando Baycott last night, and the love roller coaster was good and bad. They jacked up a bunch of shots, and their three-point shooting is down, and there's a big reason why. They don't have Brady Manick on a, on a heater right now. I really don't want to oversimplify North Carolina's season, but it really, it's impossible not to. Yeah. Because we've talked about this from the jump. They need their big three to be their big three. And last night it was R.J. Davis who was off. 0 for 6 from 3, 3 of 15 from the floor. Pitt is a good basketball team. They are. Pitt, I think Pitt punched their ticket last night to the NCAA tournament. That doesn't mean I want Pitt to lose out, but you're going to see Pitt in the field of 68. As I said the day before, Jason K- Jeff Capel and Kevin Keats are living parallel lives right now. Mm-hmm. They went into the portal. They got some really good older players out of the portal, and they've leaned on them to win some big games. Carolina is missing not only Brady Manick. They're missing a consistency between Davis and Love. Baycott was a little bit off last night. I thought, Je- I thought Jeff did a great job in doubling Baycott and changing up how he was defending the post. And I thought ba- you know the turnover on Baycott late hurt. And it's asking a lot of Baycott to be perfect. Yep. And you can make the argument he has been the ACC player of the year. You can make the argument Traquavion Smith's been the ACC player of the year. You can make the argument Tyrone Appleby or even maybe even Kyle Filipowski, one of your Duke guys. Yeah, but uh, Yeah, I don't know if Filipowski's in there, but I see where you're going with But it. you can make a lot of different arguments. I think Baycott would be your 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 betting favorite he's your front right runner. now. Yes, he's right? easily your front runner. But when he makes a mistake, you're going you're going, "Uh-oh. Now mm-hmm. what do we do?" Mm-hmm. And then when you don't have all three of them going, you know, this is as simple as Sidney Lowe would put it. You got to make shots without Manic Carolina's margin of error is very very Small. Well, that's what gets to an even more simple version, a simpler version of why they lost last night. Carolina still got the line. You know what they didn't do last night? Hit their free throws. I think they were plus 11 on the free throw differential, yet they had an abysmal night from the line, and then you end up losing by a point. That's going to make a huge difference, and it exposes some of the other issues that have been facing North Carolina this year, and that is some situational awareness at times. Whether it's Caleb Love deciding, no, I'm 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 getting this shot, damn it. Or 
the interesting way they closed out that game last night. I know that North Carolina will typically call a timeout, get into the half court, you know, get in the half court, call a timeout, have a play. Got it. I did not think they had enough time last night when they got the ball back. And sure enough, I thought they were gonna, I thought they were just going to run a play on the inbound underneath the basket because I didn't think they had enough time. And sure enough, they tried to do the thing. I know this is what they do. They get it to the half court, call a timeout. It's .6 seconds. That's not enough time to get a playoff. Yeah, it was, you know, but this is where you use the learning experience. Yeah. I remember at the end of last year, you know, they were able to draw some things up and, and shouts to Brad Frederick who handles that. I, th- mm-hmm. I thought they had a clean look and, you know, I thought Pitt defended it well. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was a foul after the ball. I was going to say, after the clock. It's moot. You know, so yeah, so that's one of those deals. But, I mean, sometimes you just have to tip your hat to the other team and learn from it. To your point, they did that last year. We'll see what they do. You know, I mean, so many people were mad at me about Creighton uh, and Ethan Raggy and all those other things mm-hmm. after the state and Carolina met the first time in Chapel Hill. But my real takeaway from that game was this is a game that Carolina hammercocks state, and they didn't. Nope. And that, to me, was concerning because you you dismissed Duke going to Georgia Tech and just, just laying it on them. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for Carolina to do that, mm-hmm. to unleash the fury. And I, we might be waiting a long time. The reason why because I where where it. does the snap come? Where does where do we get it? Because yeah. you don't have Coach K's farewell. You don't. Yeah. May, so maybe they need Capel firing them up again. I don't know. I'm not trying to be an alarmist, and I'm not trying to tell you that they're never going to oh, be no, anything no, no, this no, no, year. No, no. I've been. Trying, I'm just no. trying to tell you that they need to they need to play with a little bit more desperation than what they've demonstrated thus far. I don't think you're being alarmist. I've been raising that flag ever since Hubert Davis raised the and he, flag. And he did again last on. night. And he, and he did, did again, again last, last night. night. The reason why I was not somewhat dismissive of how Duke just doubled up Georgia Tech cuz I felt that was more about where Georgia Tech is right now this season. That's and, fair. I mean, they lost but, to Louisville last night. But you Louisville know, finally scratching the ACC. True, so. But you know, Josh is going to scheme it up. I got you. and make it difficult for you. you. And when he you. does that, especially down there, yeah, that's where I at least looked at that Duke result and went, okay, mm-hmm. now we know what Duke can be. Yeah. The only result I look at this year from Carolina and I go, okay, this is what they could be is the loss to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a second. Yeah. The four. Their best time. performance was a loss. Yeah. Huh. Here's Hubert Davis on physicality and again this is why i actually kind of like duke on saturday over the tar heels because unlike last year's duke squad that did not know what to do when they got pushed this duke team does and there's been a variance for the tar heels in terms of what happens when they get pushed physically here's hubert davis on that they've always whomever the coach was you know pitt has always hung their hat on their toughness and their physicality and i told them that in games like this, you're going to get towed, and there's nowhere to go, and you're going to have to competitively fight. And I felt like we did that at times, but we never, at times, we didn't sustain it. That's Hubert Davis, North Carolina head basketball coach. You know, the, the, last the other loss. issue here is this is a run it back game. Like, this is a situation Carolina forever has won. Oh, you got me at your place? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to see you again. You're going to come to our place, and you're not going to like the result. It played out essentially and like it did in Pitt. So that also is disconcerting for, for Uber. 
Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com.